Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Everything Pistons podcast, where we only talk about the Detroit Pistons. I'm Lance Caparos, and I'm with Andrew from the Everything Pistons Instagram page, which you need to follow Everything Pistons on Instagram, because he literally means Everything Pistons. If you want to know Seku's favorite Italian dish, you need to follow Everything Pistons on Instagram. Before we get into the podcast, we're going to talk with Steve and Stacey Conway. Steve worked for the Detroit Pistons for a number of years. He helped bring the magic of the Pistons to your television. Steve and Stacey, welcome to Everything Pistons podcast. And why don't you tell our listeners why Andrew and I invited you on the show? Well, thanks for having us. Thanks, Lance and Andrew. Absolutely. So, um... Back in December, well, first of all, Steve worked for the Pistons for over 20 years. Um, and back in December, uh, he contracted COVID. Um, and he's been in the hospital ever since until recently when he finally got to come home. It was about seven months of him um, moving from hospital to hospital, progressing along. Um, and it's been a rough journey. He has... COVID has basically taken his ability to walk, um, to use his arms and hands. Um, he's on oxygen periodically, but he's learning. He's trying to learn how to use his muscles again. Um, it's just been a rough road for him. No, yeah, and we understand this is very uh, difficult for people to talk about. So we're glad, again, we're glad that you're able to share the story. But what would you, I mean, we know you got the fundraiser going and everything. We've shared it on this podcast. We shared the links. Andrew shared it on his Instagram page. I've shared it as well. What do you want from the Pistons family? Like, are you, what, what, do, what can we do to help, basically, is what I'm asking. Please. Um, well, we, um, we have insurance and it's, it's good insurance, but they really only cover 80%. Um, to give you an example, um, he's had to, uh, be moved from hospital to hospital, seven or eight different hospitals and by ambulance each time with specialized paramedics because of, he was on a ventilator and at times a feeding tube. Um, and after insurance covered their portion, just one has, uh, ambulance ride alone was over $6,000. Um, and we're, we're trying to cover those expenses, um, but it's overwhelming and um, it's more than we can handle, which is why we, my sister started the GoFundMe just to try to get us some help. Yeah. And for everyone listening, if you didn't see the post that I put up, it, it did get a lot of engagement, but I do have the link to Steve and Stacey Conway's GoFundMe listed in the Instagram bio. So while you're checking Seku's favorite dish, go ahead and check that GoFundMe. And if you got anything, 5, 10, 15, 20, 
to give to a guy that has given so much to us as Pistons fans. I mean, we go to the games, we turn on the games on TV, but we don't see the magic that really goes in behind these broadcasts. Every time Ben Wallace sent a shot into the sixth row and those the bell tolls, that was Steve. Yes, sir, Rip Hamilton, that was Steve. Man, <laughs> so Detroit family, I mean, that's what we are. And we got to take care of our own. I remember just maybe last year when the cameraman contracted COVID and we all showed out for him and sent his GoFundMe way past the goal. And I know we can do that again. So if you have a spare minute, please go check out that GoFundMe. Donate if you can. And if you can't, just share it with somebody that maybe they can. Oh, go on, Stacey. My bad. No, I, I'm just, I'm so grateful that you guys are giving Steve this platform um, just to spread the word and um, find some love from the people that he loved um, for so many years. No, it's, it's, the, it's the least we can do, honestly. I'm curious, has anybody from the Pistons reached out and tried to help? Not that we're aware of. Um, there are some anonymous donors um, that, you know, we don't know who they are. It's possible. Um, you, oh, go on. My bad again. I don't mean to interrupt you. You didn't. It's okay. <laughs> I was just going to ask, do you, do you expect the Pistons to help? I mean, you know, this has, like I said, been a tough battle for him. Any you know, reaching out of any kind um, to just words of support, um, anything. He he does get depressed. Um, it's 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 hard staying in a bed all day every day for months on end, and uh, so anything to break up the monotony um, would be valuable. Can I ask uh, Steve a question? I think absolutely. Pistons Steve, yeah. what, was, what was your favorite moment working for the Detroit Pistons? If I had to pick one, it would definitely be the championship. The night of the championship. Uh, that was just, that was magic. My family still has pictures of all you guys together and, and, the wives sneaking in on milk crates, standing yep. in the, the press boxes way up top and, you know, wearing their husband's employees' T-shirts to sneak past security. And, you know, maybe I shouldn't say too much, but, yeah, we still have pictures from that night, and we cherish that night, and I cherish Good the times. Memories. Yeah. They actually built us a special platform to stand on with milk crates. Yeah, <laughs> so I remember see. that story. <laughs> oh man uh, Steve who's your favorite player watch um who's your favorite player on the Pistons that you just love to watch it's tough to pick up one favorite I loved Rip I love Ben um not from the uh not from this era of Pistons but um I'm tight with Rick Mahorn I like him the original bad boy. Yeah. Man, it's just crazy to think. Like, we, me and Lance sit here as fans, but, like, you literally got paid to watch these greats. <laughs> yeah, they used to contact him with their favorite songs so he could play them when they came out onto the court, you know. Who had the most ridiculous song they, they asked you to play, if you could... <laughs> He's thinking. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. The, it, nothing was too crazy. Um, He'd have to clean up the songs sometimes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Are there any songs that you added to your playlist after they gave them to you? You're like, oh, this is pretty good. I didn't expect this. Yeah. Yeah, and I can't think of them now. <laughs> but... But definitely. I gotcha. I gotcha. 
Well, we're going to get on with the podcast and we just want to, again, thank you guys for coming on and sharing your story. We're going to do what we can to help out as much as we can just by sharing the link. I'm actually going to donate myself as well. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I definitely want to help out uh, Pistons family as much as I possibly can. So again, we really do want to thank you guys and for the listeners out listening, just Pistons fans in general. You know, help out. Do do what you can. Even the smallest amount helps out. It goes a long way. And, you know, this is Steve. He's worked for 20 years for the Detroit Pistons. He brought the magic to our television sets. And when we were at the games as well. And, you know, just want to say you guys are great. Stacy. you're an amazing woman for, you know, doing everything that you have done. And, Steve, you are one lucky guy to have her on your side. Yeah. Steve and Stacy from, from the kid that used to run around your house when – when uh, my parents and you guys got together and used to antagonize Steve in the back of the palace. Thank you so much for everything you've done again. Again, guys, the link to the GoFundMe is in my bio on Instagram. We'll be posting it out again. If you have the time to donate, donate, and you have the time to share, please share. Thanks Andrew and Lance and all you Pistons fans. Of course. Well, hopefully Pistons fans can do their part in helping out Steve and Stacy Conway. It's a, it's, it's tough, man. This whole year has been tough, but I'm glad that Steve is pulling through. I'm glad that he is doing as well as he can, despite what he has gone through. And I'm glad that he is getting healthier. It seems like, and Stacy, she's one, she's one cool chick for sure. Yeah. They, they got the city of Detroit behind them and we'll keep up and keep updating as Steve progresses along. Absolutely. All right, let's get into this. Andre Drummond is teaming up with Joel Embiid, and this is hilarious. I can't picture this going well at all. Ben Simmons is being shopped around as well. Equally hilarious. What did the piss? What did the Sixers Twitter account say? You were let's share some real estate because of that whole Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond beef, and I mean it's just got to be awkward. Just just so weird dude it's so amazing i wish i was that clever like i would not even have thought about posting something like that and god i'm so that social media team is hilarious that was one of the funniest tweets because i didn't even catch it i saw the video but then people started pointing out like joel Embiid is like looking at him sideways he's side-eyeing someone in that video He's like, man, I can't believe we're doing this. This is one of the funniest things. He does get to um, reunite with Tobias Harris. You know, that that's cool. But um, Andre Drummond, I'm going to throw a name out here. And I don't know if you're going to agree with me or not. You might actually turn this off after I say this. But Andre Drummond, dude, he's just kind of like a souped-up version of JaVale McGee at this point. Eh, yeah, now, I don't yep. think so. No, he is super athletic. Head's not always in the game, you know, stronger rebounder than JaVale. I mean, not going to get into the individual stuff, Better just, score. just an athletic scorer. He's a rim runner. Like they're putting him in off the bench role now in Philly. Cause I, I can't imagine they start Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond along with Ben Simmons. If he's not traded, cause nobody can shoot the ball on that team, <laughs> except for Joel. This is just a, t- they, they, they probably should have kept Dwight Howard, tried to make him happy. But Joel Embiid, he's in Philly. How many games do you think it takes in this season before Joel Embiid has to be traded? Oh, Joe, I don't think Joel will be asked to be traded. I, I don't think that. But this is just such an awkward team build. Like, I don't care what you think about Andre Drummond. Love him, hate him. Look, he's not on the team anymore, so I don't really concern myself with him. Like, I see on social media all the time, everything Drummond does. Look at this bum. Look at that bum. Look at this But Like, get over it, bro. It's like you're, like, stalking an ex-girlfriend. Like, she moved on. Like, like get over it. But it's just so weird because Andre Drummond is not a backup center in the NBA. He has the talent to be a starting center, but I just wonder what happened in like negotiations or why he went to Philly and went and chose all that awkwardness with Joel Embiid and a backup role. Do you think this is his final stop in the NBA? No. Oh, come on. This is what happens. I feel like this is what the NBA does to get guys out. Like, they send him to the worst imaginable 
team they could go to. And, th- and it is for Andre Drummond. Like he's with Joel Embiid. They've, I'm not even calling it a rivalry. They've butted heads quite a few times in games. They were going at each other on social media. It's hilarious. This just feels like one of the things where they're like, you know what? Andre Drummond's not really made for the NBA today. So let's put him on Philly, make it awkward, make his time miserable, see him in China next year. That's what I think is happening with Andre Drummond. He's being pushed out. This is, I have a feeling this could potentially be his last spot in the NBA with the Philly. I, I seriously doubt it. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to be that JaVale many... McGee role. That's, I'm telling you, that's what it is. There's too many teams out there that would take him. I mean, if if this all goes great and Drummond agrees to another backup role uh, to stay in the NBA, I mean, we've already seen Drummond go from what we thought or what we projected or what we drafted him as a cornerstone, right? We all know he wasn't that, but that's what he was. And now the falls from grace, he tries to join up with LeBron and that doesn't go well. And now he's in this awkward situation with Philly. I see it. I understand what you're saying, but no, I do not believe this will be his last stop. I don't know if he'll be on Philly again next year. I don't know what his contract looks like, but I'm assuming it's like a one-year deal, but um, no, it's not his last stop. This, it has to be an eye opener for Andre Drummond. He has to finally see the writing on the wall at this point. Like, dude, I, I, I'm not an all-star center anymore. Honestly, him being voted to the all-star game probably is the worst thing that could have happened to him for his career because he got big-headed, you know, when well, he should He – was, wasn't he an injured reserve? He didn't necessarily get voted in. He was a multiple-time All-Star. I thought he was on there like twice. I could be wrong, but either way, that's like the worst thing that could have happened for Andre Drummond because, like, it just shot his ego up. He was like, oh, look, I'm good enough. I don't have to do anything else. Sweet. I can keep playing the way I play, and it works. See, proved him wrong, but – I don't know. I would rather see Andre Drummond just change his mindset and fr- and stop thinking of himself as like this franchise guy in a top 10 center, whatever he calls himself, to more of wanting to be a gritty, dirtier, not throwing elbows at people, especially his own teammates, but just being a dirtier, grimier player on the court. You know, doing the doing the dirty work, like getting rebounds, blocking shots, rim rolling, you know, do those type of things. But we'll see how it works. I don't think it's going to work out, and I think this is – potentially one of the final stops for Andre Drummond in the NBA. So there we go. It's de- I mean, it's definitely not going to work out, <laughs> but it's not his last stop. <laughs> You're going to have to get one of them Shanghai Sharks jerseys. It's going to be cool. It's going to look good on you. Yeah, I'll, buy, you I'll buy the first one. Dave Cunningham is sponsoring Just Eggs Mug Mean Base Feet Egg Replacement. He joined forces with I think it's called Just Eat. I wrote it wrong on my page. But anyways, Cade Cunningham first tried eating vegan for about two weeks to see how his body would react to it on a trip with Team USA to Greece when he uh, for the under-18. He wasn't familiar with the food, so he ate McDonald's. However, he decided to go back vegan. It's Eat Just is a vegan egg alternative. He's teamed up with Full Cafe in Detroit. They will create an animal-free option called the Cade Stack using the vegan egg. I'm honestly personally excited. For Cade, it's a young superstar, a potential superstar coming into the NBA. I feel like health is neglected tremendously in this country. So to have a young basketball player that is, you know, closer to the people that are watching him in age, they might fall in line and start choosing a cleaner eating habits as well. I don't know, cleaner diet. I I am personally not vegan, but I will try these just eat or eat just eggs because I eat eggs every day. So having a supplement or something I could replace would be well, but I'm a little concerned with Cade being vegan. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. So there's a list of players, Kyrie Irving, Chris Paul, JaVale McGee, Wilson Chandler, DeAndre Jordan, Damian Lillard, Jaleel Okafer. And I might be missing a few, but those are the big ones that I noticed on this list. They've all chosen to go vegan. Here's what concerns me. None of these guys are that healthy. They don't play a full season. Now, some of it could be due to load management, but like JaVale McGee, he was hurt. Wilson Chandler's always been hurt. Kyrie Irving has only played, I believe, two seasons where he played 75 games or more during the regular season. Damian Lillard, he's probably the healthiest of them all. That dude 
is a legend when it comes to taking care of his body. Chris Paul, he's he's often injured as well. I'm not blaming eating only plants, but this is more than a coincidence as well, right? I mean, so the youngest person you named on that list is what, 31? But I'm just I, you saying, don't think that's a coincidence? I mean, Dame's relatively healthy. I can't remember a, a real big injury I, from I, him. I did. I'm not saying real big injuries for any of these guys. I mean, yeah, but if you go back and look at any of these guys' careers, especially Wilson Chandler's, he's been a vegan the longest. That dude's always injured. He's always on the IR. There is something, DeAndre Jordan, yeah, he, again, these guys are a little bit older, but like, let's not pretend like early 30s is that old. So in NBA years, they, those mm, NBA years age faster than dog years. Mm, I'm a little concerned with vegan. I think it's a great, I think it's great for Cade. I mean, if it works for him, it works. I hope he's not hurt. There's just a coincidence between these players that are known to be vegan in the NBA that have been hurt. And you're right. Damian Lillard, I I already said he's the healthiest of these guys on this list, but he's still been injured. I even think Damian Lillard talked about how he, let me look this up real quick. I'm pretty sure Damian Lillard talked about how he stopped being vegan because it was doing something to his body. Yeah. But I mean, on the flip side, though, you look at some of these Middle Eastern players like Ennis Cantor, who observe Ramadan and don't eat or drink from sunup to sundown, and their bodies can still handle it. I, I think it's it might be more. I, I don't even know if I'd call it a coincidence because I mean, could you just then take every injury that's ever happened in the NBA and said, look at these meat eaters? I'm not, again, I'm not saying like being going vegan is, I mean, it's a great choice. Like, I mean, I've definitely gone to restaurants and ordered grilled portobello mushrooms. They're amazing. But I do think it is a coincidence between diet and health. That's it. I'm not saying Kate is going to be often injured. It's just that the writing is on the wall. There's a long, there's a, a short list of guys that are vegan whose bodies don't hold up for an entire NBA season. Now, I mean, it could just be coincidence they could just be made of glass but you don't find it suspicious that all the guys that are on the vegan diet are made of glass you don't find that to be you just that's not weird to you at all i i don't know i I really i don't i guess i don't have enough information to really form an opinion on it you know you would i i just i don't know because like i said you can flip that. I understand that's not what you're saying, but you can flip that and say, well, look at all the injuries that meat eaters sustain. You know, oh, I, yeah. I really think it's a, on a case by case basis. Like I would Tyson Chandler and all those players, you name still get injured if they had a stake the night before, would he still roll that ankle? Would, you know, would he still land on that arm awkwardly? You know, I, I think, well, I mean, it's not going to change things like that, but like, right overall the wear and tear that a professional athlete takes arian foster he was a known vegan as well and he only played he played two he had two seasons where he played 16 games the rest of them were 13 or less as a i mean he's a running back he's taking a lot of punishment but like yeah i just think there's more of a coincidence to having a diet like this now the one thing of being a vegan and i think maybe you can supplement or replace some of the foods uh NBA player would normally eat like you can take things out of their diet and maybe put more plant-based meals in there. Cause it helps with it's an anti-inflammatory. It's a natural one. So that can help with recovery time, but we don't have to stay on this too much. I'm not really trying to worry, you know, Pistons fans. I'm not trying to be that wet blanket. It's just that yeah. when I heard that he was vegan one, I applauded him because I, again, like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, when we first started talking about this, there is, I have a real concern for how we treat health in this country and how we don't put more of an emphasis on people actually maintaining their bodies and maintaining their health. It's seriously a problem. And having a young NBA player coming in, maybe he, and and especially being sponsored and endorsing these products that can potentially, you know, help people get help live a healthier lifestyle. And what it also shows to, to wrap this all up and 
man, I just want a cheeseburger now talking about all this, all this vegan, but to wrap it all up, what it does show in Cade Cunningham is a maturity, right? I, I know for a fact, I'm not mature enough to stop eating meat, you know, so I don't even try. So I, I, I don't know, but it definitely does take a level of self-awareness and, and maturity to keep yourself on a strict diet like that. Along with making his bed, Cade Cunningham's going to be a great piston. God, he's like, it's like he's in the military now. <laughs> but you should just try a black bean burger sometime. They're actually very delicious. Uh, yeah, sounds good. You can eat like four of them. It's amazing. <laughs> All right, Pistons re-sign Saban Lee to a three-year contract. They sign Isaiah Livers, waive Rodney Magruder, and we it just came out that Trey Lyles' contract is actually second-year team option. Don't boo Trey Lyles. We're booing uh, Trey Lyles the whole time he's on this team. No, I don't care what he said about Detroit. It's fine with me. It's water under a bridge. But Saban Lee signed a three-year deal. The third year, I believe, is a team option. Nobody knows as of right now how much money he'll be making. But, dude, this is possibly the biggest glow-up, right? You're drafted Isn't in the it? second round. You got a two-way deal. Now you're on a three-year contract. Like, I mean, dude, you don't even – I mean, you actually – he finally has some stability early in his career. He can, doesn't have to look over his shoulder. You know, he can take a breath. Well, and everything that happened last year really helped Saban, right? All the oh, yeah. new rules and changes to the league where at original two-way contracts, what you can sign for like two weeks and then extend another two, and then you have to go back down to the G League something like that or uh maybe those are the old rules i don't know well, what how it helped him is because they were allowed to stay carry, with the team yeah 17 players versus 15 i believe right. that helped him out right and the two-way players were ruled that they were able to stay with the team for the year and what i was getting at is they weren't forced to go back down to the g league right going by old rules we might not have seen enough of Saban to give him a contract. Yes. So yeah, I mean it's it's crazy and it's everything to make the most out of your opportunities. Man, you you turned a two-way contract into a three-year deal. Probably 5 to 7 million range and that's just awesome for Saban. I'm happy for him. What really helped Saban Lee out was that the Pistons opted out of the G League bubble. That's what really helped him out. Yeah. Cuz then he was forced to actually play on the, during the regular season. Ronnie Magruder's $5 million contract would have become guaranteed if he had remained on the roster through August 15th, but now Detroit won't carry any dead money on its cap. Ronnie Magruder, I strongly believe he will land on another NBA team. If not, he'll go overseas, dominate for like another eight years, win probably two or three, four or five MVPs, a couple championships. Ronnie Magruder, he's amazing. Would you hate Ronnie Magruder if he joined the Warriors, though? No. Dude, come on. You had so many words to say about Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. What? Remember when they came out and they were like, who's Rodney Magruder or whatever? And they called him out because he was the first teammate. For some reason, I thought you were going somewhere else with that. Yeah, I mean, I got words for anybody that wants to talk about my team, including you, Trey Lyles. (laughs) But, dude, you're not going to hate Rodney Magruder if he goes to the Warriors after you defended him? Dude, he's going to a team that mocked him. No, because then at that point, it's the, you got to let him go. You know, it's the person that keeps running back to their ex and you told them like, just stay, just stay away. And they keep going back and you're like, all right, bye. (laughs) Dude, you can never, no, he would be, he would not be a Piston any longer. No bad boy Pistons were joining the Boston Celtics. Ryan McGruder can't join the Warriors. I don't care if they offer him the largest deal of his career. You can't join the Warriors after they made fun of you. I think that rivalry might be a little bit mismatched. You think so? Because they just (laughs) unveiled those new jerseys, wearing number 11, looking like a Pistons throwback. Copycats, bro. The rivalry's real. (laughs) Stefan, the new dynasty is is ending in Golden State, and it's beginning in Detroit. And I hope we just stomp the shit out of the Warriors. It's going to be amazing. So so Pistons, Bulls. Pistons, Celtics, Pistons, Golden State. Pistons, Lakers, don't forget the purple and gold. We okay. smacked them in the mouth three, twice in the NBA Finals for championships. It's amazing. Isaiah Livers was also signed. I'm not really sure about the money on that as well. I'm I'm all in on Isaiah Livers, and I didn't actually share my story last week, so I'm going to share it here real quick. I have a client. He was a former college basketball player. He actually played at the community college level, JUCO. I used to tell everybody that we knew – 
because not a lot of people know that he played um, college basketball. I used to tell everybody, this dude dropped 24 a game with six assists, five rebounds, shot 48% from three, 55% from the field, and like 97% from the free throw line. Everybody asked him why he gave up playing basketball to, be, to work in the, the medical field. It's one of the funniest things. I loved it. But anyways, he's hooping at Borges Athletic Center. I believe that's what it's called, or Borges Health and Fitness. He's just hooping. There's a couple guys asking him to play five on five. Well, there's this kid there. He's a teenager, you know. That's why we described him. And he's just killing dudes, torching guys. Looks down at his feet. The dude's wearing Adidas slides. And he's killing people. He's going half speed, hitting pull-up jumpers, pulling up from NBA range, doing whatever he can, just toying with people. So they get done with the game. He walks over to the uh, to the side. My client walks over to the sideline. He's starting to change his shoes. And he's like, yo, man, good run. And Isaiah Livers is like, yeah, man, good, yeah, good game. Good to you, man. This is what my client says to him. He's like, yeah, man, if you keep it up, you might be able to play at the community college down the road. That's what he said to Imagine. Isaiah Livers. Yeah. <laughs> so he start, He packs up his bag. He starts walking away. He stops in his tracks, and he's like, wait a minute. Bro, you're Isaiah Livers. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm Isaiah Livers. He's like, oh, my God, dude, you're going to Michigan. You're Mr. Michigan. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm Mr. Michigan. And he's like, I'm not going to forget that community college comment. And he's like, dude, no disrespect. I did not even recognize you. He's like, I know your mom, whatever. But he's like, dude, you're fucking crazy. You're out here playing full court in Adidas slides. And he's like, yeah, I got to be at Michigan in like three weeks for like conditioning. And he's like, don't get, don't, don't hurt yourself, man. Don't play with us, man. Just shoot right. He's like, well, I love hoops. So that's why he played. Yeah. But that is my story about Isaiah Livers torturing people in Adidas slides. One of probably one of my favorite stories from my client. And so. now we're going to go into a five minute rant about how you hate Adidas, right? I do hate Adidas. I really do. But <laughs> not going to get into that. Trey Lyles, again, we're not going to talk too much about him because Andrew hates him. Boom. He's on a two-year contract in a team option. You know, he's here to replace Seiko. Jeremy Grant brings home gold with Team USA. He finishes the Olympics with 20 minutes, five rebounds, three assists, one steal, and four points. Greg Popovich, shame on you for not playing Jeremy Grant. Yes, you guys won the gold, but you did our guy dirty. Only 20 minutes during the Olympics, but he does come home with gold. Would you have traded – the gold medal for like a silver medal if uh jeremy grant had played more are you more for team jeremy grant or team usa no uh, no i mean i'll stay with the gold uh, it's still a really cool experience and an experience that jeremy will never forget tell his grandkids about and, and sit around the campfire with probably a a rest of the maybe not the rest but a few of the team usa guys and trade stories so, you what know, what is he going to say during this? <laughs> if he's trading stories, what is he going to say? He's like, yeah, I remember when I got in for two minutes and six seconds and did nothing. We were up by 20. Like, imagine that, though. Like, when you, it is cool that he won gold. And if I was in his position 20 years from now, I'm telling people I was MVP and I'm telling people I led the team in scoring. I'm telling my grandkids that. That's what I'm telling them. Hey, Scalabrini. Yep, that's that's where I got it from. That's <laughs> if I'm Jeremy Grant, that's what I'm telling him. Yeah, no, you're right though. It is a cool story. It's cool to come home with gold. Did you see the picture of him, the mural that uh, artist did? I think it's. I want to say it's Isaiah Thomas, Jeremy Grant, then Ben Wallace on the mural. It's not fully completed. Do you think it's too soon though to have Jeremy Grant on a mural in Detroit? Why? I mean, is that too? Soon? We're already calling Cade Cunningham the best piston of all time. And he's going to be a superstar, all-star, Hall of Famer. That's so also it, it, too soon. but <laughs> No, we are the land of too soon, you know? So uh, in my honesty, yeah. I, I think to, to put him up on a mural with, with the greats is, is a little soon for, for Jeremy Grant. I mean, he, he does have the gold. But, like, other than that, it's like, dude, he was just a 20-point scorer for Detroit. I mean, I'm rooting for Jeremy Grant. Don't get me wrong, but like a mural, when you make a mural, it is for the greats. It's reserved for that. Not saying Jeremy Grant can't eventually be put up there, but he's just an odd face in between Isaiah Thomas and Ben Wallace. That's it. For sure. I think if you were going to do like some era thing, go to Bad Boys, Grant Hill, then Ben Wallace, that would have been, that would have made more, a little bit more sense to me. But it was probably a young fan. He's probably like 17. 
gets most of his info from 2K. Who knows? I have no idea. But Jeremy Grant, he's up on a mural now. And more importantly, he came home with gold. So that is impressive in itself. Before we move on, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and I'm going to put it right here. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Here we go again. We're talking about the malice at the palace. The documentary, it airs in what, two days? Random day, though, by the way. Yeah, I think it comes out on the 10th. A Tuesday night for one of the most anticipated sports documentaries in the last, I don't know, couple of years for me, at least. On a Tuesday night, it's being released. They missed on that. That's an odd time to air a documentary. I'll watch it. I mean, I'll be there. No, I'm going to watch it. It's on my TV. It's on Netflix. I already loaded up. I can't wait to watch it, but let's talk about this. The trailer comes off as very one-sided in favor of the Indiana Pacers. It does. I don't blame them, though. Let's not forget that it was a Pistons fan that threw beer on Ron Artest. No person walking that I know of this planet deserves to have beer thrown on them, and I'm sure I would have charged the stands as well. I'm kind of tired of Pistons fans saying, oh, they're going to paint the city of Detroit in a negative light. Dude, don't have a piece of shit fan throw beer on a person. Like, don't have it, you know? I mean, I doubt they're going to make fun of the city of Detroit. They're probably going to make fun of fans, you know? And I'm okay with that. You don't throw beer on somebody and expect not to be made fun of. Jermaine O'Neal was on Bomani Jones the right time and said Rasheed Wallace and Larry Brown's parts were removed from the final cut of the documentary. And if you remember, Rashid Wallace and Larry Brown were trying to be peacemakers through the whole thing. That is something I don't agree with. Don't leave their parts out. And now I'm very curious to what it is. I hope there's like an extension for this documentary, like an extended director's cut so we can see all of it. But what are your thoughts on the mouse at the palace? Oh man, I cannot wait for this documentary. That is sad and i hope he was talking about maybe they cut out parts of the interview and not just cut that you know rasheed and larry brown out of the whole episode because that's going to be sad and i really hope like like we talked about it before man i really hope it's just a telling of of what happened from the player's perspective you know i i just I don't really know what to expect. The trailer that I saw, like you said, seemed really one-sided and kind of got me back in that feeling again of like, oh yeah, 
you're going to say, okay, you know, kind of ready to fight, man. But do you blame the Pacers though? Or do you blame the person being one-sided? Like, I mean, I feel like all, I've never heard the Pacers side of it. I heard, I heard a little bit listening uh, through um, Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes, all the smoke podcast. They've had like uh, rip Hamilton on before and they, they talked about it. And the crazy thing is a lot of those guys were like good friends, you know, out there fighting each other. I'm curious to see what it almost cost Jermaine O'Neal. I heard it's cause you know, he, he, I, I'll say this. I, I'm not upset with Ron. I'm upset with Ron Artest for charging in the stands, but dude, I get it. In the heat of the moment, who wants beer thrown at them? Especially by some no-name person sitting in the stands. Just next time, punch the right guy, please. Yeah, that part. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. I, I, he got, yeah, that's the part we're missing in all this. Like the wrong guy just absolutely got his ass whooped by an NBA player, and he was just chilling. Like, didn't throw nothing. He looks so worried. He's like, oh. Yeah, it wasn't me. Too bad. These haymakers are coming. I wish I had a poster of that. That'd be amazing. Just to that guy. I was just thinking, can we track him down and get him on? Oh, dude, he doesn't want to talk about this. And how about how about the uh, was it Jermaine O'Neal that sucker punched yeah. the fan walking on the, that was some hoe, you know and what? I, I was gonna say that that was some BS right there. Like yeah, that Jermaine O'Neal should not have done that, but I am curious to see and hear what it almost cost him as an NBA player. Cause you know, a lawsuit came out after that. Oh, I'm sure. But I will say that dude really should not have tried to size up Jermaine O'Neal. Like he stopped for a second. was like, what's up? Like, I don't even uh, think that dude had floor seats though. That was kind of the weird part. I don't think, see, I, I, it's been a while since I watched it all unfold, but from what I remember, I think, I'd like to think the fan was more of like just kind of like deer in the headlights. Like, mm, I don't think he really sized sized him up on the court, dude. I'm pretty sure he did one of those moves where like he kind of like jolted a little bit, like you know, fake lunged or whatever. I'm pretty sure he sized him up. I, if I'm remembering this correctly, he he looked like Turtle from Entourage, and <laughs> he legit, pretty sure he he sized Jermaine O'Neal up. And I, uh, from what I remember, I don't think that fan in whoever he was with actually had floor seats. They found their way down through the chaos onto the floor. So that's, that's how at least I remembered it. Who knows? But again, I don't agree with people getting upset that Detroit's going to be painted in a negative light again, because they're probably, they're honestly going to probably blast the fans. And when one fan's an idiot, I guess we're all lumped into being idiots. Somebody had commented and said, well, Trey Young got spit on. Yeah, now we all think New York Knicks fans suck. Uh, like, New York Knicks fans do suck. And it's not but, just because Trey Young got spit on. And then I think when Russell Westbrook in the playoffs, he got the popcorn thrown on him. I think that was from Philly. Now we all think Philly fans. Well, we've all thought that. Philly fans suck as well. And then it was Kyrie Irving. He got a bottle thrown at him from the Boston Celtics fans. And Boston Celtics fans suck. But again, they suck. Would anybody, but my question is would any Pistons fans blame, like, you know, Kyrie Irving talking negative about the Boston Celtics fans after water ball was thrown on him? No. Okay, then we shouldn't be getting upset that the Pacers are going to paint some of us in a negative light because someone decided to throw a beer. On somebody. I mean, I don't care how the Pacers paint us. I care how Netflix paints us. And I just hope it's fair. Yeah, that's true. That's I, hope both, I do hope that both. I do. Pretty sure Ben Walsh was in the trailer. He'll get to share his thoughts. It would be a weak ass documentary if they only had the Pacers on it. So. Oh, for sure. But I just, again, I just get tired of fans being like, oh, they're, it's always so one sided. Dude, we had a guy throw a beer on a professional basketball player. We can all say how we would be perfect and not attack a fan. I myself would probably lose my shit if someone did that to me. Let's move on. Now that I'm all hyped up, we need to chill. We can chill on Luca Garza because I'm going to read you a couple of comments and these are just hilarious. Okay. You ready for these? I'm ready. And I found these on all forms of social media. 
Number one, Garza plus average defense is a lottery pick, in my opinion. Hopefully he can be coached up. And this was in response to Omari Sanfocoa, the seconds posting. Casey said Garza's foot speed hasn't been an issue. He lost a lot of weight and has been beating his teammates to offensive rebounds. Dude. Okay. Let's chill on Luca Garza, please. He was drafted 52nd. 20 years ago, the dude's a lottery pick. If he has average defense, eh, I don't think he's a lottery pick. I still think he slides a little bit. Comment number two. We drafted Nikola Vukovic 2.0. What are your thoughts on that? You think we drafted Nikola Vukovic 2.0? No. That's all your thoughts are. No, I, I, I mean, that. It, I really don't. I think I agree with Coach Casey. I believe he compared Luca to more of like a Brooke Lopez. Yeah, I can see that. And, and I can see that more. Yeah, but I mean, again, I think that's more of just like offensive body type size they they do look kind of the similar like body shape and everything like that but i'm gonna go ahead and say brooke lopez is still a better athlete than luca garza i don't think luca garza is bad i hope the best for him but i just think people again are getting way too carried away with luca garza you know again there's a reason he went 52nd third and final comment i can't believe someone actually typed this and i've seen it a lot Luca Garza is the next Bill Lambeard. Bad boys, Pistons are back. It's because he's tall and white. It's the weakest comment of all of them. It's the dumbest comment of all of them. I don't... I don't get it. I don't get it. Again, I don't hate Luca Garza. I really don't. I'm just getting annoyed with fans. Let the kid play. Let the kid make the final roster first. Let's get through Summer League before we put projections on him. Isaiah Livers is the only second round pick that has been signed to a contract by the Detroit Pistons. Just going to say that and make that clear. Luca Garza has not, as of right now, when we're recording this has not signed a contract with the Detroit Pistons. Neither has Balsa. The trade actually just got finalized as well, but those two guys haven't only Isaiah livers. Now, what if I tell you this, the last 10 centers named Naismith player of the year, and this is the company Luca Garza sits with at the table. Starting way back in 1969, we got Kareem, 74, Bill Walton, Ralph Sampson, Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, Marcus Camby, Tim Duncan, Andrew Bogut, Anthony Davis, and Luca Garza. Does that help your opinion at no, all? It, 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 no, it doesn't <laughs> help in me at all. It just helps the people I'm trying to make fun of. Like, you're literally giving them a list of guys like, oh, look at this. I'm not giving them a list. Luca Garza gave them the list. He was the Naismith player of the year. But and you just shouted it out on the podcast. Well, this is so everything you, Pistons. Yeah, so you gave the list. You you literally have weakened anything I have said, and now everybody's going, yeah, fuck Lance. He's stupid. I'm just saying. He keeps some good company. I, I get the concerns with him on the defensive end of the ball. And we talked about it before the, or right after the draft that his college played 30% of the time zone defense. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be much of a problem because as I've stated, we've seen a lot of zone defenses in the NBA, but you have to watch him try to recover and defend. Like that's what you have to watch. It's bad. It really is bad. Right. Are we talking about like closeouts here? No, he got, there was a game. Someone highlighted this on Reddit. It was against Michigan state. He got in a pick and roll with, I believe Xavier Tillman and Cassius Winston. Cassius Winston went around. He got, he had to recover. It was, a, he only was able to recover because it was a bad pass, but like there was probably like a good seven feet between him and Xavier Tillman. Again, he got, that's, but that's what college, that's what coaches were doing to him. They were exposing him and putting him in those in situations where they could take advantage of his slow feet. He could teach a master class on the offensive end. Like he could. He's that good offensively. It's just defensively right. that is, that's what worries me. And that's why I want people to chill on Luca Garza. I just want you to be realistic but, about this guy. Now, one former piston that comes to mind that I brought up those same 
I don't know what you would call them, detriments to the game, I, I, whatever you want to say, is Boban Marjanovic. Very, very slow feet. Very just not great on anything that's not at the rim on the defensive end. But he was absolutely beloved by Pistons fans. And he wasn't super great on offense either. But the pluses to his game, his size and his smarts, outweighed the negatives to his game and i think we'll see that with garza as well on the offensive end that that'll outweigh some of the bad defense uh we'll see bobin that was an interesting signing i i loved bobin still love bobin he signs these team-friendly deals now to remain on the roster he's a good locker room guy there's value there with having that type of player on a team you know a guy that can make things light and you know be the glue you know, he doesn't have to be outstanding on the court. And again, I'm not shitting on Luca Garza. It's just, I just, fans get so carried away with this guy. It's unbelievable, man. It really is. Like, we're in this, the land of too soon, like I said. But this was what I was afraid of when Troy Weaver had such a great draft last year that yeah. I believe I said this, that, dude, now every pick he makes, everybody thinks it's going to be gold, you know? They're like, oh, yeah, we got the next steal of the draft. Luka Garza. Who well, knows? Who knows? That's that's the Detroit syndrome, right? We draft Darko and stay away from foreign players. You know, every foreign, foreign player is garbage. And now Troy Weaver had a great first draft, and now everything's going to be great. You know, we're we're very level-headed, me and you, when it comes to that. We, we don't really sway too high, and we don't sway too low. Mm, I get a little emotional from time to time. No, it was a great second draft as well. I mean, you got Isaiah Livers in the second round. You got Balsa. You got Luca, who, I mean, there is potential, obviously, there. I just don't – if anything – there was one guy, too, and I, w- I wanted to read the entire thing on here, but there was one part where he said he'll be the starting center during the season. He'll be an all-star in, like, two to three seasons. He said that. There are people that actually believe Luca Garza is going to be an all-star – in two to three years it's unbelievable and those are the same people that yell at us in the comment section so i'm not worried about them that's true that's true all right right now would you bet on the pistons making the play-in tournament nope you don't do you think they flirt with the play-in absolutely i think they can i i do and i've been very vocal about this on every podcast and my position hasn't changed before the draft or after the draft i do not believe the pistons will be a playoff team. I believe they will flirt with the play-in team, play-in game, but ultimately not get in. Now, is it possible that they're flirting so close and some injuries happen, the NBA happens, and they do get in? Sure. Is there yeah. a realm of possibility the Pistons make the play-in game this season? Yes, I would never say no to that. But if I have to just say, will they make it this year based on the acquisitions of the draft and the free agent signings and where we were last year, I'm going to say no. And some fans want to point towards, Oh, we were tanking last year. Let me tell you, we were not tanking last year, maybe towards the end of the season when you're resting some of your veterans, but those players and Dwayne Casey that were playing and coaching the game, were not tanking. You don't go out and sign Jeremy Grant before the season to tank that season well it wasn't like it wasn't a traditional tank either like it wasn't them just putting out the worst possible roster they could imagine out on the floor to lose games they weren't doing that they were competitive they were trying you know to get a taste for winning that's what they were trying to do and that's why i push back that yeah they were a 20 win team last year but they were tanking no they were not they were not tanking They, whatever you want to call it, rebuilding, retooling, but they did not Philadelphia 76ers tank job that season. I believe the Pistons were 10th in defensive rating. A tanking team doesn't place 10th in the defensive rating. They placed 27th in offense, which is what they did, but they don't do that well defensively if you're trying to tank. These are my locks, though, to make the playoffs and the play-in if injuries weren't real. Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Atlanta, New York, Miami, Philly, Boston, Chicago, Indiana, Charlotte. I think those 10 teams right there will be in contention for the playoffs and the play-ins. And I think the Pistons will be right behind them. I mean, these teams got better. Like Milwaukee, they got a little better. Brooklyn got better. Atlanta got better. New York 
they re-signed Derrick Rose. They got better. They brought in Evan Fournier. Miami, they just got Kyle Lowry. They got better. Philadelphia, I mean, you got Joel Embiid. So they got they're Andre be Drummond. Good. They got better. Yeah. Uh, Boston Celtics, I mean, they got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They did get rid of Kemba Walker and a few other pieces. But, you know, they're still the Boston Celtics with two really great cornerstone players. Jason Tatum, they're going to get And a new coach, though. Yep. Chicago, they got better. Indiana, they got a little better. Charlotte. They made some moves. They probably had the best draft of anybody, any team. So, again, I think the Pistons flirt with the playing game, but I think that those other teams surpass them in the end. Unless there is a major injury to any of those teams, then the Pistons could squeak in. But I'm expecting flirt with the play-in, still a top-10 pick for the Pistons next season. Agreed. And we are about to get massacred for that take by the, the Pistons are in the playoff crowd. That's cool. I don't care. Me neither. All right. Seku might be finished in Detroit. He was asked what it's like to be the longest tenured Piston. He says it feels special, but at the same time, you're like, what's next? What's next for me, especially? I don't know what's going on. That right there to me, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it feels like his days are numbered. There's uncertainty in his future. He just feels like he has been depleted of whatever confidence he has. And I think he's starting to come to the realization like, yeah, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not that guy anymore. Like they looked at me as one of the cornerstones and I'm quickly being removed out. Am I reading too much into that or what? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, we have seen Seku in the, the trade rumors just about every year since he's been here, you know, so maybe it's weighing on him a little much. Maybe he has a little bit of inside information. Maybe it's just the fact that he was drafted to a team and everybody that was on that team or drafted with him has now been let go, released, signed elsewhere or traded, you know? So he's just kind of like, you know, you know that Will Smith meme where he's standing in the room by himself and it's like a room full of people that care, you know, they everybody puts stuff. Yeah, That's Seku la- Dumboya right now. Yeah, the last episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. Great yeah, scene. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just I agree. I think his days are numbered as well. Um, I mean, if he well, you know what? I'm leaning more towards he's probably just gonna stick around on the team for the rest of the year. Did they not extend the qualifying offer to him, or am I not remembering that right? Have they done that yet, or can they can they do that? I'm not sure. I don't remember. I haven't we'll heard any new. Yeah, I haven't heard any news about it. But just my my thinking on that is, if you haven't caught him, released him, traded him, asked him to go elsewhere, you know, by now, I, you may as well just keep him around. Yeah, I. Because I'm sure I'm I'm a hundred percent sure Seku's name was brought up in just about every draft night acquisition from Troy Weaver. You know, as something to throw in or get around or you know sweeten the pot a little bit. Yeah, I really I don't know how to feel so much about Seku. He had another quote too, and I miss I didn't pull it up, but. It was something along the lines that he said he's working on everything in his game. Dude. Yeah, he was, like, asked what facets of his game he's working on this summer, and he just gave, like, a generic, I'm doing everything. Like, what? Yeah, I just, in my opinion, I just feel that that is someone that does not give a shit. Like, that's that's what I got out of that. That's a bad attitude. And, again, I might even get vilified for saying that about a young guy. I don't really know him personally, but just from the little bit that I've seen, off him in these interviews, he just seems like he's someone that doesn't care. Like he was given almost too much too early. You know, if, I mean, if he had came out and got drafted, like at 20 years old versus 18, you know, I might look at it a little bit differently, but to him, dude, just work on one thing, get good at one thing, at least one thing, not cutting to the basket. You know I mean? What, what what good is it if you cut to the basket, get the ball, but don't know what move to make or what decision to make with the ball? Or you can't finish at the rim that well, which well, he's not a strong finisher at the rim. Not even that. What is the first thing in peewee basketball they teach you? Cut pass and cut. Pass and cut. 
pass and cut. Like that should just be ingrained into every basketball I, player's soul. I will say though, there are guys that are very good at finding holes in the defense Absolutely. to get easy shots. And like Seku can he? I mean, I've seen it. He's found he can find the holes in the defense, but he doesn't really always know what to do with the ball. So Casey said he's getting better at finishing around the rim. Dude, when you're a big guy like that and you make cuts, that's the you should always be finishing at the rim strong. Figure it out. Like I, I wanted to, but I don't know. I, I wish be, more people would take the gloves off on Seku, you know, and stop being like he's not a he's not a child. He doesn't need to be coddled. He's we don't only, need to do that. But he's only twenty. He's so young. He's only twenty. We knew he was raw. So what you're saying is the Pistons missed. Oh yeah, they swung for the fence at fifteen with Seku when they drafted him. It was they were hoping to get a home run pick. And it, it it wasn't a home run pick. That's it. Right. They were expecting Seku Dumboya to Tristan Thompson a lot more people in the league than Tristan Thompson. It, it's funny because people will bring up like, oh, he was supposed to be a top 10 pick. He's supposed to be a lottery pick. Dude, if he was, he would have been. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, some guys fall, but like there's a reason that they fall, you know? So yeah, if you if you put together an NBA highlight reel of Seku Dumboya, he's not going at pick 15. It ends and finishes with him dunking on Tristan Thompson. <laughs> I mean, it starts and finishes with him dunking on Tristan Thompson. That's how it goes for him. Let's stop. Let's stop shitting on Seku. I don't I mean I don't mean to, <laughs> but like the fans is being made, real. But the fans have made me. I know made me. That's the most that's the part that's the worst. Like, I don't hate Seku. I don't. I want him to be a good player. When Seku does well, you can look back through my Twitter feed. Nothing but praise for him. I love when Seku do, does well. But we almost have to go so far this way to combat the Seku's going to be an all-star crowd. Yeah, or they're, you know, he's the next Spencer Dinwiddie and Chris Middleton. They're going to lose out. You know, that crowd as well. Yeah. And it's like, I Just stop. Whatever. Like, I, I I don't. There, dude. There are certain things you see in players early on where you're like, yeah, dude, this dude's gonna be pretty good. Like this guy's gonna be around for a while. You don't see too much of that. Yeah, every NBA player can have flashes. Don't even bring those up to me with sake. Like, just don't. I mean, it doesn't even have to be as, it doesn't even have to be a 20 point game like he had. It can just be small things throughout the course of a season where you're like, dude, he's really good at doing this one thing. You know, if he can figure out this other part of his game, he's going to figure it out and he's going to be good. You just don't see that with Seku. So I'm out on him. I I don't think the I, – I think if he's released, he might go to like the Orlando Magic. He might average nine points per game. And then, yeah, I, I'm still in the I, – I, I said this before on a podcast. I don't remember which one it was. But I said it there and I'll say it again. I don't think he plays seven years in the NBA. So I think he's out before that. If you had to choose one to bring back, you know, between Seku Dumboya or Stanley Johnson, who are you bringing back? Dude, I hate why, why do people – I don't want either of them. Like, no, I'm good on either of them. That's not my question. I'm not. I know, I know who I'd bring back, and it's the one that can cut to the basket – just as well as the other, but plays defense at such a higher rate. No, I would bring back Seku. I don't even care. Like Stanley Johnson, he fooled me, man. The one thing that bothered me about Stanley, the motherfucker never dunked the ball. Dude, you're 6'7", 240 pounds. You're an athletic freak. And he just tries to do – like he would I'm, – I'm watching him. I remember this. I forget who was on, but it was like a Boston Celtic player. The dude was like six foot two and he tries to do like this windmill and like finger roll. And I'm like, I got to do shit like that at the YMCA, bro. <laughs> That's what I got to do to finish at the rim. I got to do all this crazy stuff to get the ball, to get my shot off. Cause I'm, but I'm six foot. I'm not six, seven. He always, like, there was a fast break where he laid it in. Dude, he never dunked. I'm pretty sure Jordan had a quote. And I, I've tried finding this, but I, I'm pretty sure it was like a Team USA documentary, a Dream Team documentary, where he talked about Christian Layton. Like, man, we knew he was soft. Like, he was so afraid to go strong up with the ball because when you go strong, when you're trying to dunk it, your head is going to be at where the ball should be. So you're probably more likely to be slapped in the face. And some dudes are so afraid of getting hit 
in the face or the chest that they'd rather stay low and try to lay the ball in. And that was like a big thing with Christian Leitner. And I feel like that was a big thing with Stanley Johnson as well. Yeah. Give me the LeBron stopper. Yeah. Okay. Fine one first. <laughs> Gosh, dude, both of those guys were mixed, but I was higher on Stanley Johnson than I was on Seku, but I felt like Seku was the home run pick. Like he had potential to be the home run pick. I, and I, I'm with you. I don't want him to fail, but it's kind of like what Bill Walsh used to say. Give me 20 games of a quarterback and I'll tell you whether he's a, an NFL quarterback or not. And it's the same thing in basketball. You can tell after a few games if the guy's going to make it or not. But all right, that is the podcast. Thank you for listening. Do what you can to help out Steve and Stacy. Follow me on Twitter at Lance Caparossi. Andrew, where can they follow you? Twitter, E Pistons Pod, P O D. On Instagram, Everything Pistons Podcast. In my Instagram bio is where you will find that link to Steve and Stacey Conway's GoFundMe. Again, if you can help out, please help out. If not, just give it a share. And you can email the show directly at epistonspod at gmail.com. All right, that is the podcast. Go check us out on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a comment, give a rating, and more importantly, tell a Pistons fan. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.